Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Craig Kerlop. Thanks for being on the show, Craig. Hey, thanks for having me, Whitney. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. Craig is a top-selling real estate agent, investor, and author of The House Hacking Strategy. Just three years after being in debt, $60,000, he was able to achieve financial independence largely through real estate investing. Today, you know, I want us to hear exactly how he did that. I know the listeners uh, and myself, I mean, we either remember a time or we're in that now where we are just pushing for that financial independence that Craig has achieved uh, in, a, in a great way. So, and congratulations first, Craig, on that. And just even writing a book, uh, you know, about house hacking. And I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing your strategy and how you've accomplished that. I know the listeners as well. Uh, but get us started about, you know, your real estate background a little bit. And, and let's dive into your, your story and, and how you achieved financial independence. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I started, you know, I started investing in real estate in June, 2017. You know, I moved to Denver pretty much just two months before that in April, 2017 from a job that I absolutely hated. And so being in a job that I, I that you absolutely hate, I think almost helps you because you realize how much you want to get out of the rat race and just kind of do what you love to do. And so yeah, June, 2017, I bought my first house hack. For those that don't know, a house hack is when you buy a one to four unit property live in part of it, rent out the other parts so that the other parts, the rent from the other parts covers your mortgage and you get to live for free, likely even less than free. You actually start cash flowing. And it's a great way to, to really kind of build that foundation for real estate investing. Uh, there's a lot of great aspects to house hacking because you can just put a small amount down, typically three to 5%. And you know, you're also just like learning to become a landlord. It's not like you're You've got a property that's 400 miles away. You're literally going home to your investment. So it's a great transition into the true real estate investing. Um, so yeah, my, my first property there was a duplex. It was a, it's a two, one bed, one bath, up, down duplex, just about, about five blocks north from Denver's largest park in an area that was still a little bit sketchy at the time, but was certainly gentrifying. And so I kind of played that risk card there where I was hoping to be in an area that would appreciate. You know, three years later, in hindsight, fortunately, I did. So that's kind of where it all started. Uh, do you want me to go into all the numbers and everything like that? You know, you know, maybe you could just highlight quickly for the listener who's just getting into real estate. Maybe their desire is to be in commercial real estate because if they are, uh, probably because they're listening to the show. I love hearing a house hacking story because it is a great way to get into the rental business and just lower your expenses and, and start learning so much about the business for many people. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, for, yeah, for the syndication stuff, it's a great start, right? At the end of the day, a syndication is just basically a massive, right? It's just like this times a hundred, right? So you got to at least know how one works really well and then you can start scaling. And then obviously the investor side and all that is a different story. But, you know, I personally, as a, someone who may invest in a syndication, I would not invest in anyone's syndication who has never invested in real estate, right? So the, the really the best part about house hacking is that you can get in for a low amount down. You can actually call yourself a real estate investor really after year one and you move out of that property and start having that as a traditional rental. 
And that way you at least have some sort of track record with your own money. So that way it makes raising other people's money a little bit easier. Yeah. Love that. And tell me, uh, maybe you could just tell us a couple of the numbers there. I mean, did it pay for itself while you were living there? You know, were you living for free or nearly for free? And, and just your a couple things there on your path to achieving financial independence and, and getting out of debt. Yeah, for sure. So what, what I did there was, so yeah, it was a duplex. I lived in the bottom, uh, rented out the top. Uh, my monthly payment on that thing was about 2000 a hair over $2,000. And I, so I rented the top out for 1750, lived in the bottom. That obviously didn't cash flow. And my biggest goal was to cash flow. So what I did was I rented out my bedroom on Airbnb and I made like a, basically like a cardboard box and curtain room divider in the living room, slept on a futon for a year behind that. And that is what, you know, rented my bedroom out for about $1,100 a month on Airbnb. Then I was cash flowing, living for free. And people tend to like that story because it was just kind of like one year of just like true grit to like get through it. And then after that first year, I went uh, and, you know, I was able to save up enough money to then buy a second house like exactly one year later. And this time I bought a single family house where I lived in one room and rented out the other rooms. And, you know, each of those properties, once I move out, is cash flowing me a little over $1,000 a month. So, you know, you can see I did that three, now four times. And you can see with three, $4,000 a month, plus I've got some other investments, you know, $5,000 a month is, a, is definitely, you know, baseline financial independence. You know, I'm, I'm no uh, Grant Cardone or anything, but, you know, I, I can comfortably quit my job and do whatever I want. Wow. No, that's incredible. Congratulations, Craig. And, and, but it's interesting, you know, I, I love hearing stories like that too. Like you lived in a part of this room or whatever for a year uh, so you could Airbnb your bedroom to make it happen. And I love hearing stories of, of, of guys and gals who, you know, did what it took, you know, to make it happen. And because it's, it's, it's stepping out and doing what other people want to, right. You know, to, to gain that success. And, and you've done that. So, you know, let's dive into a few things that you experienced there as far as I'm sure family or friends or people were saying, oh, Craig, you're crazy or why are you doing this? Or, you know, why don't you just go get a regular apartment or a house or, uh, you know, stop doing that? Or, you know, what did you experience there and how did you combat those emotions to stay motivated and keep doing that? Yeah, I, I just wanted to achieve financial independence so badly. Once I heard about retiring early, I was like, oh, this is exactly what I want to do. And yeah, it, it did not go without any without any heartache. You know, my parents have always been pretty supportive. However, my, my, my grandfather, who I do love dearly and still do, when I was living behind that curtain, I went back home and we had a beer together and he, he, he berated me calling me a miser and all of these things just to save a, you know, save a dollar. And I was just like, this is just like, it's one year. It's just a stepping stone. Like this is what's going to get me ahead of anyone else or what I would do otherwise. And, you know, he didn't seem to believe it at the time, but now he certainly understands kind of what was going on. And yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's hard because no one in my family thinks that way about passive income or anything like that. They've all had that very hardworking middle-class mindset. So such a great point you just made there. Uh, and so I think you have to, you have to think about where you're taking advice from, right? Or who you're getting that from. Is this person where I want to be? How did you change your mindset? I mean, a lot of times, and I have a similar story to that, but you know, how did you change your mindset, you know, out of, you know, the way you were raised potentially or, or the rest of your family to where you're at now? Honestly, I think it really came from reading, like just reading. I see the book behind you, Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Work Week. That was probably the book that got me into passive income. And I was like, oh, this is, this is like changing the game. And I look at my parents and 
you know, again, as great as they are, they, they worked hard their whole life. They're still working. You know, they weren't able to attend every single event and all the things growing up while they were still there somehow. But uh, I, I just wanted to be there 100% of the time. And I was like, okay, like as a growing adult, you have to realize that your parents are human too. And they may have made some mistakes and then you realize what mistakes your parents have made and you try to correct them. And to me, that's just progress through the generational, you know, through the generations. And, and ideally, you know, in an ideal world, your, your kids are always going to be better off than you are. Right. That, that's, that's progress. And so that's kind of what I hope to be. And that's what I hope my kids are. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And you talked about reading, uh, you know, we encourage our, our kids to read and are learning to read and, you know, just, uh, I, I'm reading more now than I ever have in my life. And I, I think similar to what you, you're talking about, you know, the more I started to read, the more my mindset changed, more my daily habits changed and just self-discipline, uh, you know, grew, right. Uh, in learning what had to happen. All right, what are some other key steps that maybe you made to gain that financial independence that maybe your, your friends were not making or even your family? Yeah, it was really just increasing that gap between the amount of money you make and the amount of money you spend. So, you know, I was spending like in that first year, like I, I didn't drink. I was like so focused on achieving financial independence. Never went out to eat, bike to the grocery store, bike to work. I actually rented my car out on uh, Turo, which is like Airbnb for, for car rentals. Uh, and so I was just like basically renting out everything I owned, making as much money as I possibly could while sitting back and just saving as much as I could. And it was a fun year. It was a really big year of like self-development and growth. I'd read, you know, 60 something books that year, listened to a whole bunch of podcasts. And, you know, that really gave me the foundational confidence and education to go forward and actually start taking action, you know, just really a year later. Read 60 plus books. That's incredible. I'm glad that you said that. I want to highlight that a little bit, but I thought maybe you could go into maybe a daily routine, you know, or your daily routine. You know, how, you're not going to read 60 plus books in a year and not have some structure, right? And have some self-discipline and, you know, have a time of day that you're doing that or that you're focused on those things. What does that look like for you? How did that change? And what is it now? You know, you're just your daily routine to be that productive. So have you read The Miracle Morning? I did about three years ago and it changed uh, everything about my morning. Yeah. So Miracle Morning is where it was at, basically. Um, for those who don't know, the Miracle Morning was written by uh, a man named Hal Elrod. And he, taught, he, he goes and interviews the most successful people in the world and figures, hey, there's like six things that all the most successful people do. What if you did all of them? And there's an acronym called SAVERS. S stands for silence. A stands for affirmation. V, visualizations. E, exercise. R, reading. And S, scribing. And so I would wake up you know, I used to wake up at seven, I would go from seven to 630 to six, and I've gone all the way down to 430am. So at that time, I was waking up at 430, doing that morning routine, and I allocated about an hour to an hour and a half every morning of reading, and read for an hour and a half every morning for say 300 days a year, let's say I wasn't perfect, you'll get to 50 to 60 books. Nice. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. You have to be purposeful. Uh, and it's interesting you brought that book up because that was that was a book I read yeah, maybe four years ago now, something like that. And that ch did change everything. And I wouldn't say I, I've done everything that, you know, the SAVERS acronym lays out. However, it did just make me be, I think, more purposefully with my time in the morning, right? And reading was a big part of it, has been. I've read more in the last few years than I have my entire life, you know, and, and contribute so much to that. Anything else in, in your morning routine or or just your daily routine that has proven to uh, help you be successful? I would just say getting in that routine, staying dedicated and don't fall into bad habits. 
such as, you know, whether it's going out and drinking every night, whatever it is. Like, I think exercise is a huge thing. Make sure you work out pretty much every day. That just keeps your mind clear, keeps your body looking good, keeps your confidence up, all of these things. And, and even though you don't feel like it does anything, it, it does a lot. But I would say those are the biggest things is just that miracle morning and exercising each day. Any other tips for, you know, the new investor who's struggling to get started? Uh, if you're struggling to get started, it either means you lack confidence in education, so learn, or it means that you don't have enough money, so start saving. I mean, I think it's actually either one of those two things, or you're just not afraid, or you're afraid, which means like you need to just get going, right? Just take, everyone's afraid on their first deal, so you just have to go ahead and, and push through it. What's been the, the hardest part of this journey in real estate to gaining you know, financial independence? The hardest part was probably, at first, it was being different from everybody, right? When you do this, when you do go through this journey, you accelerate your wealth so quickly that you really never are like anybody else, right? You start off and I was living behind a curtain and everyone was basically thinking I was a poor man, but I wasn't, right? I was just saving a lot of money. And then you buy a second house in less than a year. And that's pretty unnormal. But at that point, I was probably at like the normal person living, living with roommates. But then once you get to year, you know, number, year number three, number four, now I'm starting to, you know, invest tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in real estate. And people are like, oh, how can you do that? I'm like, well, remember when I was living behind a curtain? You know, it all kind of adds up and piles up to itself. So at really no point in this journey, are you relatable to your peers? So just be ready for that and embrace it and actually accept it. Because when you're unrelatable, it means you're doing something pretty damn cool that, you know, a lot of people, other people won't be able to do. Incredible that you brought that up right there. I mean, that you're you're unrelatable. You're doing things that other people are not willing to do. Even living behind the curtain, and you know, people what they think about you is just irrelevant, isn't it? I mean, it's just yep. what they. You just have to tone that out, tune it out, uh, and, and ignore it completely. Uh, and so, it's, and you were good at that. It's incredible. And now they're you know they're now they're looking at Craig saying, "Wow, wow, you know, where did this come from?" Uh, and didn't see it happen. Uh, Craig, what do you see happening over the next, say, six months to a year in the real estate market? And are you a buyer or seller? Or are you waiting? What's your plan? Uh, I buy. Uh, I try never to sell, you know, only if the property is really causing distress. Yeah. So I'm going to continue to buy. You know, I've got two more under contract out in North Carolina that I'm working on now. I've got four in Denver. Once, you know, once 2021 comes around, I'll probably buy a few more here in Denver. Yeah. You know, I'm not really waiting for this big market correction that everyone tends to talk about. I just try to buy consistently buy good cash flowing deals. That way I can survive a market crash and I can thrive in a market increase, whatever, you know, whatever the market brings, we can handle it. From your experience now that you've learned, what's something you would do different now on say that first deal now that you know what you know? I probably wouldn't have bought a traditional duplex. Uh, in the Denver market, what really works good is is buying a single family home and converting that single family home into a kind of a, a, a smaller single family home with a mother-in-law suite in the basement. And that is kind of how you get the most sustainable cash flow. Uh, you'll also get some good appreciation. I got really lucky on that first deal and it's appreciated like 200 grand. So I'm, I'm happy about it. But in hindsight, I didn't know it was going to do that. So I would have likely gone the single family route. But either way, you know, that's how you live and you learn and you work out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's a way that you have recently improved your business that we could apply to ours? 
I started doing a lot more outsourcing. So, you know, as a real estate agent, you know, we have a transaction coordinator. She like saves my life just through organization and getting a lot of the admin stuff done. Uh, I've also hired a VA right, you know, out of uh, the Philippines. She's amazing. She takes care of all like the the non-time sensitive things that I just don't really want to do. Uh, and so between those two things, it's great. And, you know, we're starting to build a team out here too. So I'm, you know, the agents under me, I'm training and, and they are all house hackers or investors as well. And they're all great. And we're just trying to basically, you know, level up, scale up. And I'd like to eventually kind of be just kind of a consultant to this whole thing rather than an actual agent doing showings and all that kind of stuff. Nice. Okay. And, you know, tell me, Craig, the, the number one thing that's contributed to your success. Consistency. I, I heard a quote the other day that I just almost want to be like, I'm not a tattoo person, but I almost want to get it tattooed on me that says consistency trumps intensity because just doing one hour of something or even like a half hour of something every day over the course of two years will be a lot better than allocating that same amount of time over the course of like two weeks because you just will get burnt out and not want to do it anymore. So just be consistent, do something. The Compounding Effect by Darren Hardy is another great book that basically describes that exact thing. Nice. Appreciate you making the book recommendation as well. Uh, and tell us how you like to give back. So I always try to, you know, at least donate some money each year to usually it's, I don't have like a specific organization that I'm loyal to, but I enjoy just, you know, when my friends on Facebook are looking to raise money for something, I'll always give them a little more than they would expect anyone to give them just so it's like a, a good feeling for them and a good feeling for me. And yeah, I, you know, I, I don't give as much of my time as I probably should, but I feel like that kind of, I, I used to give a lot more of my time before I had a little bit more money, but now I'm okay not giving up my time and giving some more money. So, and then obviously, you know, just helping, helping others and trying to put out content to help others build wealth through, you know, build wealth through real estate investing. We've helped a lot of house hackers and investors out here achieve financial independence or come pretty close. Nice. Craig, I'm grateful for your time. It's an incredible story that you have. Congratulations again, just on your success and doing the hard things that nobody else is willing to do. Uh, you know, living behind a curtain for a year is, is not something most are willing to do uh, to achieve anything, you know, much less uh, just have the consistent daily habits uh, that you have talked about and, and just illustrated through your success. So Craig, thanks again for your time. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Yeah, you can find me uh, on Instagram is probably the best way. I'm at the Fi guy at the Fi is in financial independence guy. And you could also, you know, the Fi team.com is our agent website if you're in the Denver area, or you can always find me on bigger pockets as well. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference one investor and one child at a time. 
Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.